Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. This year our theme is I am your God from Ezekiel 34. We believe that God alone is everything we need in these uncertain times and so we desire to put all of our trust in him. We have Pastor Geshom sharing with us today on our mighty God. In a world of superheroes, we sometimes forget what a powerful and awesome God we have. He parts troubled waters, provides us food in barren times, and has good plan for us even in the hardest of seasons. He is sovereign in every way. Yet, do we give him the honor that is due him? Hi church, it's such a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's word to you today. And even as we uh, dive into God's word and see what God has uh, for us today, uh, I just want to look back and you know recollect some of the key things and aspects that we've seen about this God that we worship, this true and living God that you know we cry out day in and day out. We long and desire, and we get to know Him more as we read God's word. And I want to look back and just see some of those key themes. The first week we saw that He is our God. He is our God who saves us. We also saw that he is the God who goes before us and as he goes before us he also is you know watching and guarding our back. We also went on to see that he is our healer in times of trials and tribulations and times of you know distress he is our healer. He's just not our healer physically but he's also our healer spiritually. Then we went on to see that this is our God who makes us holy. Why does he make us holy because he is a God who is holy. His throne room is one where there's holiness wherever he comes there is holiness sin cannot exist and evil cannot be there then we went on to see last week that he is a god who loves us and i loved that entire theme that we saw even if something happens bad even if things don't work out even if if my circumstances don't change my god still loves me and today we are going to see this god who we worship he is our mighty god i am your god who is mighty can we just open our mouths right now wherever we are at and say jesus you are a mighty god you are a mighty god i love this one aspect of god where he is mighty goes beyond our imagination you know you cannot quantify it you cannot question it You know many a times when we are hit by life's troubles when we are hit by things that don't work in our favor the first thing we question is god why did you allow this to happen god why did you do this to me by us questioning it doesn't change this attribute of god he's mighty you know there's no percentage you can put he's literally blown the lid over and so today when you look at this god that we worship and you look at jesus and say jesus you are mighty I want you to think of this attribute where you cannot quantify it. You know, today we live in a world where everything is quantified, everything is, you know, put into some form of metrics, everything is estimated at and things have been, you know, uh, we kind of live in this whole forecast world. But today our God is mighty. It's a fact. And so even as we step into God's word, I want to ask the Holy Spirit to, you know, work in and through our spirit. to work in and through our hearts change so many areas in our lives because there are so many areas where we are not allowing this mighty god to work in and through us we cap him we limit him we say god this is not for you 
The reference passage that I have taken for today is from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And this is what it says. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. As we read from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Uh, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. The word mighty power in the Greek means kratos, which means dominion, which means sovereign. And so when we are called, as Paul says here, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power, he's encouraging us to be strong in his sovereign power, in his power which controls everything, not just part, not just certain areas, but everything. He wanted to tell the Ephesian church that even as you've heard all of this, your true strength will only come from the Lord and in his mighty power. You know, the more you read uh, about uh, his mighty part through the Old Testament, you see that he worked in ways we cannot understand. We, he worked in ways we cannot even fathom. You know, just uh, two weeks back, even as I was talking about the Red Sea being split, it's unimaginable to think that, you know, he split the Red Sea. He allowed 600,000 people to walk through. And then he actually closed the Red Sea again, where an entire army literally died right there. He controls everything. His might is one which we cannot understand. We, can, we cannot even, uh, you know, uh, choose to say that, you know, this is how his mighty power will work. He will blow your mind every time you go to his throne room and ask, God, can you showcase your mighty power so that you will be glorified? And, you know, the more you read in the Old Testament, you see there are glimpses of certain people who came out as mighty men. And one of those instances that which really keeps coming back to me is about David and his mighty men. You know, they did some wonderful uh, feats actually as being mighty. These mighty men were ordinary men. When you look back in 1 Samuel, you see that these men actually rallied around David at the lowest point of his time. And literally David had a tough time actually giving leadership to these men. They all were in debt. They were in distress. They had given up in life. But through that journey from 1 Samuel to 2 Samuel, as David went on to becoming king, they become even more stronger, confident in the calling that God had placed in their lives. And that one underlying element that you'll see in all these mighty men were the Lord was with them. And so that is our assurance today that if God is with us, if we allow this God to come in and invade us, and as we depend and rely on him, he's willing to do some mighty deeds. You know, I just wanted to highlight some of the things that David and his mighty men did. When we read from 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 8 to 39, there's a whole list. And in everything, every feat that these men did, you'll see the Lord gave them victory. It's the Lord who was glorified through these men. The first one we see is of Joseph, who killed 800 men at once. The next person we see is Eliezer, who actually rose up to fight against the Philistines and his hand didn't grow weary. In fact, he kept fighting, kept fighting till his hand was weary and tired and it came down and the Lord had given him victory. We see about Shama, who actually stood in the middle of the field and fought the Philistines. We see about Benaiah, who actually, you know, killed two lion heroes of Moab. They literally were probably the biggest warriors the Moabites had. And then we go on to see that on a snowy day, in a pit, he killed another lion. So when you see all this, we are like, wow. You know, God was with them. God did something marvelous through these men. And yes, we are not living in a day and time where we are actually physically going out there to fight, to conquer. But 
the more we journey in this world today that we are living in, God wants to do mighty things in and through us. And when we read on, we continue to see that Paul, when he mentions this, knew that Satan will always be there to deny, to denounce, to discredit this God that we worship who's mighty. I don't know if you've experienced this in life, but when I go through hardships, when I go through times of uh, uh, struggle, when I don't see my breakthrough come, when I don't see, you know, when my business is not doing as it's supposed to be doing, when I don't see some of the things that I want to see a turnaround in not happen in my time, I kind of start discrediting sometimes the nature of God, the very nature that he's mighty. I probably think, God, you know what? You probably are not capable of doing something in this area. And I realized his mighty power works in different ways. It does not have to work to the way that I have to see it happen in my life. And Paul goes on to encourage the church in Ephesians and he's encouraging us today saying, don't give up on God. He wants to work in and through you. And I want to continue on reading from Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 onwards. And let's see what Paul has to say. It goes on to say, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Even as we read these three verses, there are a couple of key things which I have highlighted here. First, it says, put on all of God's armor. It doesn't say put on some. Oh, you know, for this season, I'm just going to put on uh, the breastplate. Or for this season, I'm just going to put on good shoes so that I'll be able to fight well. Or this season, I'm going to put on a helmet. No, he goes on to say, put on all of God's armor so that you can stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. The devil is not going to attack us one by one by one. They're saying, okay, you know what? This is Jan, so let's put this campaign out or let's target him this way. This is Feb, let's target him this way. No, he's all out to derail us because he knows the minute he derails us within, we start discounting and discrediting the God that we worship. And so today I want us to be reminded, church, that we are called to put on the full armor not a part. And a lot of us today have conveniently taken part of God's armor and we've put it on and we've, you know, denied or we've not taken up the other aspects of his armor. And God wants us to put on that all. He wants us to put on every piece of that armor so that we'll be able to stand strong. I love how it says in verse 13, then after the battle, you will be standing firm. God wants us to see us victorious at the end of it. God wants to be there when we've one over every struggle. We see in verse 12 that this fight is not against flesh and blood. You know, when I mentioned about David and his men, those fights were mostly about, you know, flesh and blood. They were literally fighting enemies to take ground. But after Jesus came, he knew that this kingdom that he's established, the kingdom of God that he's calling is the entire world. It's not a particular area. It's not a particular people group. It's the entire world. And as we follow him, he wants us to become whole so that our minds are whole, our spirit is whole, our physical bodies are whole. We have a whole understanding of him. And even as I mentioned today, the enemy is out there to trip us, to deceive us, especially in our minds, especially in our spirits. 
because when he puts that doubt when he puts that discontentment when he puts that thing of peacelessness into our lives what happens you know we start getting fluttery we kind of like you know are not in this place of rest we kind of question god in every step every day everything we kind of see we say god this is happening for others is not happening for me we start complaining we start you know cribbing about everything and before we know it we are declaring things which god does not want us to declare we are denouncing things based on the fact that nothing is happening right now and we stop listening to him and we start hearing other voices and so today even as we go the schemes of the devil have to come to an end in our lives and as we are in this christian walk it's a daily battle it's a daily battle this armor that we are called to put on is a daily thing what we see he's always out there to get us what we are hearing he's always out there to get us wherever we go that he uses people to target to get make sure that you know he can derail us today if we have to be on guard and be on alert we'll be aware that his schemes are in play otherwise we'll just be going with the flow we'll be going with the flow as i mentioned earlier as we put on this full armor it's so that we are guarded we are guarded in the area of our strengths we are guarded in the area of our weakness so that god will be able to work in and through us you know as we continue on reading in ephesians as it goes on to say to put on the full armor of god the first thing that we see is we need to put on the belt of truth you know when we put on the belt of truth we realize every word that is spoken about god and what god tells us is all truth there's no lie in it you know and so when his truth is worn we'll soon realize that there are so many areas in our life where god wants us to actually uh, experience correction experience discipline experience you know a way in which all the lies that we've believed have to foremost change to the truth that god says about us or what god wants to tell about us and so it's important that we need to understand that in his nature there's no lies in his nature there's no uh, nothing that will actually demean or you know draw us away from what his word says so when we put on the belt of truth we are putting on to the truth of what god says he is the second thing it goes on to say is when we put on the breastplate of righteousness the breastplate of righteousness literally guards our heart and that heart is guarded so that we'll always know that the grace that was offered to us at the cross is one which was a costly affair is one which i cannot work my way but he loved me so much and he's given his grace and so i want i have this right standing with god and so i need to guard that else i'll keep thinking you know what this grace is something which i can just pick and choose when i want and which i can modify it and shape it however i want to be but his breastplate of righteousness enables us to have that right standing with god and the more we draw closer our heartbeat will soon hear his heartbeat for his people for his land for what he wants to be done in this world the third thing we see is the shoes that we wear are is the readiness for the gospel of peace you know many a times when we put on this armor of god when we start standing our ground against the enemy the the battles that we fight the victories that we won are not just meant for us it's meant for others it's meant for us to testify so that others will be encouraged and they'll be able to stand their ground and fight the enemy and often times you know we discredit others journey we discredit other people's um life story it says here you know we need to have the gospel of peace it's with this peace that we'll be able to gather together 
It's with this peace we'll start seeing the church as one big unified body. It's with this peace we'll be able to hold hands with our neighbor next to each other and pray and see miracles happen. And this in turn, we'll start seeing changes in our community, in the people that we live around. It goes on to say that we need to take up the shield of faith. The shield of faith is one which protects us. Every dart of the enemy, every dart, every lie of the enemy, everything that the enemy wants to tell about a past will be targeted towards us. And we need to block it with the shield of faith. Shield of faith because our faith is in Jesus. When we have faith, when we raise that faith up, every doubt that the enemy is trying to put will come down. Today, Satan is using doubt to dissuade the people who believe in Jesus. Doubt in everything from who you are to what you eat, to the jobs that you work, to the person that you married, to the families that you are. He puts doubt after doubt after doubt. That doubt automatically goes and grows and grows and it becomes discontentment. And eventually you forget what blessing God has given and you start seeing things in a, with eyes that are scaled, with eyes of discontentment and doubt. And you start thinking, God, is this my journey? Is this what I signed up for? So church, I'm asking you today, can you take up that shield of faith and resist every doubt that the enemy is putting? The fifth thing we go on to see is helmet of salvation. You know, the minute you put on the helmet of salvation, you know whose you are and who you are. You know, when you know whose you are, you'll soon be confident in who you are. You are the child of God. You are God's child here on this earth. You are redeemed. You are set free. You're not a captive anymore. And so today it's important for us to wear this helmet of salvation so that our minds are strong. You know, for those of us who've walked the journey of coming out of something, be it gluttony, be it, you know, uh, pornography, be it alcohol, be it whatever, depression, the helmet of salvation is so important because time and again, it will be questioned by the enemy. He'll say, you know what? You are not God's child. You're weak in your mind. You do not know who you were. But the minute we wear a helmet of salvation, we realize that we are bought by a precious blood of Jesus. We are his and we in turn are his children. And so today I want us to take this stand saying, God, I'm not going to take a step further without wearing this helmet of salvation. That costly price that was paid was done so that you and I can be set free. We are not bound today. We have the free will to live free lives if we choose to put this helmet of salvation. And I love the last one, which is the sword of the spirit. You know, the sword of the spirit is the word of God, which we have. The word of God that we kind of like have memorized and kept within us. It's the word of God, which is our weapon. And today in this battle, if there's only one weapon, which God's given is the word of God. And today that's the one weapon which we discredit a lot, which we find doubts, which we kind of like ride the wave as to what pop culture is telling. No, find out what the sword of the spirit is for your own life. Today, if you have been struggling and if you're thinking, you know what, I'm going to walk out on my marriage because you know what, I don't think this person is meant for me. You need to revisit the word of God because the word of God will give you, you know, clarity. It will convict you and it will tell you that this marriage is God ordained. For those of you who've walked out of relationships or walked out of marriages because of uh, through a bad experience or through tough times, God's here to say, hey, I'm your hope. I'm the one who will be your anchor. You know, don't trust, don't put your trust on anything. 
but at the same time i'll work in and through you you know we just celebrated valentines day god saying if you've if you've just come out of a bad relationship and if you've been questioning you know why did that person do that to me probably god's wanting to say hey the weapon that you were you know having you didn't use it right if you look into god's what he's going to probably change certain characteristics of your own life so that he can set you up for those of you who've been struggling in debt for those of you who've been struggling in different areas of your life the more you read god's word you'll find answers it's in that everyday reading you'll find everyday answers you read once in a while you'll find once in a while answers so today church i just want to encourage you can you take this word of the spirit which is this word of god it's alive it's alive it's not a dead weapon it's got this ammunition which is within it which can be loaded and it can constantly keep firing at the enemy it can fire in your 20s it can fire in your 30s it can fire in your 40s whatever role from being single to becoming you know betrothed to be becoming married to becoming a parent to becoming a single person whatever your journey is he will give you the weapon to fight the enemy to dispel every doubt to dispel every fear so that you can take ground and do what god's called you to do you know even as i was preparing this um you know um i usually buy uh, the shampoo that i apply for my head i uh, i buy a really big bottle you know and so it lasts me somewhere close to a year and so just uh, last week it was coming to an end you know where uh, it was literally getting over and like most indian men i would assume uh, as it was getting over what i did is i filled it up till probably quarter of the bottle with water and then for the next 10 days i've been trying to use the shampoo and mind you i just used to use probably a half a squirt of it but then with this uh, with the water being in it i was literally pouring so much because it wasn't lathering it wasn't lathering and you know i uh, till a point where i actually got so frustrated that i just emptied out one day because it wasn't lathering i didn't feel like i've actually had a head bath and as i was you know as it was the same time as i was also thinking about the sermon god was reminding me geshom many of you including me have diluted the word of god and god was convicting me saying you are diluting the word of god based on your convenience based on where you are based on how you want it to look like but the word of god was never meant to be diluted that little bit was meant to cause change was meant to refresh you every day so don't go about diluting the word of god and church i just want to be reminded today we have come to this part of the year where we can never go back again and start diluting the scriptures based on our whims and fancies we are going to take the word of god for what it is and apply it into our life and see it bring refreshing change bring life into those dead areas bring strength into those weak bones bring you know consistency into all those inconsistent areas and i want to ask you today church will you make a commitment to put on the full armor of god not just one part but all so that you'll be able to fight the enemy and at the end of it stand victorious and you might be like thinking geshom you said i am your god who's mighty i thought okay you'll probably talk about if you follow this god if you have faith he'll fight all our battles he will fight all our battles but the fighting first has to start for us from within you know he will do his work he is always ready to do his work but when we are not fully prepared when we don't put on the full armor we have a part understanding of god we see things in part it's only when we access him fully do we really understand 
God, oh, okay, this battle is going to be, uh, you know, for the next couple of years, I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to make sure the enemy doesn't have a foothold. And that's where his mighty power will be seen. And even as we put on this full armor, everything is essential. We cannot do one without the other. Everything works in this orchestrated way in which they beautifully work in and through our lives. And so church today, every part of this armor is essential. When we are able to see, when we are able to put on the full armor of God, we soon realize we serve a mighty God. We serve a God who is the God of angel armies, who's above us, who's looking at each and every one of us. And you know, I just wanted to leave with you two points to be encouraged so that we'll be able to step in boldly and experience this mighty God. When we are able to see this mighty God in our lives, as we put on the full armor, you'll see that we'll be able to accept his revealed will. We'll be able to accept his revealed will. As I mentioned, we accept his revealed will. Earlier on, I did mention the mighty power. The word mighty power means kratos, dominion, sovereign. We need to understand that God's sovereign will for our lives is something which God orchestrates everywhere. You know, He, he his sovereign will is uh, seen in everything that he's created, um, you know, in seeing the fishes and how they work and seeing how the microorganisms work and seeing how the earth rotates around its axis. To see the solar system, it goes beyond our understanding. His sovereign will goes beyond our understanding. And so sometimes for us, when we have to see this mighty God in action, we fail to see it because it goes beyond our mind and we feel like we need an explanation for everything. But his sovereignty, his mighty power comes to a place where it's our minds are not able to conceive it. So as much as it's sometimes tough for us to understand, we can find rest in his sovereign will. It's in his sovereign will that certain people are elected. It's in his sovereign will that, you know, I'm born into this family. It's in his sovereign will that this is how my journey has to be. It's in his sovereign will that this is what is happening in the world right now. It's in his sovereign will that over the last two and a half years, this had to happen. And he is in control of that. So today, church, for a lot of us, we try to question the sovereign will of God. It comes down to one thing, to know that God is God. You know, um, we are humans. We we can never equate ourselves. Yes, he loves us. He, you know, he died for us. But there's something where we always try to find that common standing with him. No, he is God. His understanding is far beyond our understanding. His The way he looks at the earth, the people that he's created is far beyond our understanding. And so... One side we have a sovereign will where he orchestrates and controls everything. The other side we have is revealed will. His revealed will is what gets revealed to us through the word of God. This word of God is what directs us. And the beautiful thing about the revealed will is it's not forced. His sovereign will happens. We don't get to control anything. We don't get to choose anything. Whereas in his revealed will, we get to choose because we are creatures of free will. We get to choose whether we can obey what the word of God says or we can disobey what the word of God says. We can either choose life or we can choose death. We can either believe in the truth or we can either believe in the lies in what the enemy is saying. So I just want us to go to the previous chapter in Ephesians chapter 5 and this is what Paul says, be very careful then how you live, 
not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil therefore do not be foolish but understand what the lord's will is do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit speaking to one another with psalms hymns songs from the spirit sing and make music from your heart to the lord always giving thanks to god the father for everything in the name of our lord jesus christ you know the toughest thing which i would say for christians is to accept that this is what his word is revealing uh, to me right now you know a lot of us struggle to say you know when we read the scripture and when the holy spirit convicts us through his word we struggle to accept it but here when we read this passage we see that we cannot live as unwise people the unwise people when the more you read in the proverbs you see people who are unwise don't listen but if we are saying that we are christ followers we have chosen to listen and it's in our free will we choose to listen to him every day and so what happens is when we are in his revealed will we soon start seeing life in this and we start following we make a choice to live by what the word of god says then we also choose to make every opportunity to do what god's asking us to do because we know there's a sense of urgency today we all are living we are fighting for time there's a sense of urgency and so today why do you want to do what the word of god says so that you can experience life and life in its fullest form here on earth his revealed will tell you that you know you need to be filled with the spirit not be filled with everything else that's intoxicating which causes you to make wrong choices when you're filled with the spirit you start seeing that in the words that you speak in the songs that you sing in the way that you give thanks to god you start singing his praise and i love how he concludes in his revealed will you'll start submitting to one another so that god's will and purpose will come true one of the things that you see is he said we are living in times of evil This was way back when Paul was writing to the Ephesians church we are still living in those times so church today if you want to see god in his mighty power we need to live we need to accept that this is his revealed will for me and when we accept it we soon will start making choice we'll submit to his authority we'll submit and accept his correction we'll live under restraint we'll be we'll have control and you know we'll move on to say rather than just saying yes yes we'll also be able to say no to the things which you know uh, displeases god we'll rely on his power and not on our own strength we'll submit to his people around us and we'll in fact start striving for unity the minute we start striving for unity you'll start soon seeing things happen on a different level where two or three are gathered when they are in agreement that's what it says prayers will start getting answered things will start changing around we'll see god come through in situations but just imagine if 10 people have made this commitment to live and see his revealed will in and through their lives what kind of a unity would that bring we'll see so many people who are lost so many are hurting walk in and find that life that jesus gives you know i am reminded that you know sometimes we've always we've always sought out asking all the tough uh, questions which are which is above our pay grade me and tina have been reading this book and there's a story of george washington carver and it talks about him how he used to wake up every day at 4 a.m. and he used to pray this prayer from uh, job chapter 12 verses 7 to 8 and it talks about you know ask him the mysteries of the plants of the animals of the you know of the fishes of the sea and he'll reveal it and you know he wanted to know 
the deeper mysteries as to why and what God created. And as he kept praying about it, God said, no, that's not the right question you're asking. He went on to say, okay, God, not all three, at least one. No, that's not the right question. He went on to say, and then at that time, what happened was in the land, they were growing peanuts in abundance in the nation. And a lot of it was going to waste. Till a point where he drilled down his question all the way to saying, God, what is the mystery about the peanut? And God said, you know what? I'll answer you that. And God gave him a revelation of what can be done with the peanut. And from there on, his rest is history. We have peanut butter. We have, you know, uh, oil that's come out of it. There are so many uses that have come out of it. Peanut butter is one of the things that have been used to fight malnutrition across the globe where there's hunger. It came down to him asking that one pivotal right question. Not, I'm not saying that don't take your questions to God. Take your questions to God. Many at times you're trying to question God about his sovereign will. God wants to reveal his will for our lives. We need to ask those right questions. Those right, those right questions so that we'll be able to be change makers here in this world. We won't be just people, you know, who listen to it and not act on it. God will reveal things so that we'll be able to do something about it. God wants to know how serious we are, how committed we are. He won't just keep revealing it and you keep dropping the ball. No. He wants to see you consistent. He wants to see you, you know, work at it, work on your faith. So today, can you make a commitment that you will make an effort to find out what his revealed will is for your life? And I'm excited because if each of us can make that commitment, just look at what us as a local church can do when we all know what our revealed will is here on this earth, in this city, in this community. We'll be agents of change, not just in a small scale, but when we all come together, we'll see bigger things happen. We'll see his love in the streets of our land. We'll see peace where there's peacelessness. We'll see strength where there's weakness. So church today, will you accept his revealed will for your life? And in turn, you'll see that he is a mighty God who's wanting to work in and through you. The second thing is, we'll be able to declare and see this mighty God in and through our lives only when we walk in all humility. When we decide to follow God, there's no room for two mighty people. There's only room for one mighty person, and that's God himself. You know, as our kids grow up, their understanding of their father changes, their earthly father changes a lot. I remember uh, when my youngest son, you know, he kept saying, you know, daddy's the strongest, you know, daddy can do this. He's And they'll have these fights with others. My daddy's the strongest. And as he grows, he starts seeing the limitations of his earthly father. He sees, you know what? Oh, daddy cannot do this. Oh, daddy is not as strong as this person. Oh, daddy cannot, you know, lift this heavy thing. There are so many limitations that start seeing because of his understanding. But as you start growing in your faith every day, you start seeing God's might change. It just grows, grows and grows. And soon what happens is when you're hit with even more tougher problems, your faith is so strong that you know this mighty God is there. It's not the impression of this mighty God doesn't change. That's why you, I'm so encouraged by people who actually have gone through hardships in life where things have not worked out, where they have lost a loved one, yet they still see God as this mighty God. I'm always encouraged by people's testimony. 
of how they still are witnessing in the midst of grief, in the midst of sorrow, that their God is mighty. You know, if there's one thing we can learn from the entire text of the Bible is the fact that Jesus, who was God, who had everything in him, when he came down to earth, he was still God, but he chose to live in the confinements of a human being. The time, the lifespan, and you know, even in his might and in his power. Yes, he did do miracles. He did do signs and wonders. But that very instinct, even when he had to talk to Pilate, he said, this power has been given to you. Jesus walked in all humility. And so today, in our Christian faith, if we want to see this mighty God work in and through our lives, you know, so that people around will know that we are worshipping a true and living God, we have to walk in this humility. And what better example? Because Jesus has already walked. Jesus has already walked in that journey here on this earth. Can we read from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11? This is what Paul tells the uh, Philippi church. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, but he humbled himself in obedience to God, and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. If we want to see God's might move in and through our lives, as we walk in humility, we will stop being selfish. We'll stop trying to impress others. This humility that we walk will, wouldn't allow people to actually go, wow, oh, he's humble. No, it will actually be the very nature in who we are. Behind closed doors, we'll be the same person. You know, we wouldn't be wearing this mask when we come to church or we won't be wearing this mask when we see a spouse or we won't be wearing this mask when we see uh, our social friends. No, we'll be the same wherever we are at. We'll be able to put others' interests ahead of us. We'll be able to think of others better than ourselves. When we start doing that, we'll start seeing others as equal as who God's created them to be. You know, the Philippi church is unique because it's like one of our churches today, which is a cosmopolitan, you know, where you had a melting pot of different cultures coming in, different people group. And eventually what happens is people started thinking of others differently probably based on their race, their color, whatever it is. And it's very much present today. But today, if God has to reveal his mighty power and work in and through us, we have to walk in all humility so that we'll be able to see each other on the same plane. Jesus walked in all humility for entirety of mankind. He didn't walk for a select group. His death was not for one people group, but was for everyone. And today, our stance of walking in humility in the way Jesus did is so that we'll be able to showcase a mighty God who's still at work today. God can be mighty today only when there's unity. God can be mighty today 
only when there's humility. God cannot be mighty when there's division. God cannot be mighty when we are proud. So today, church, God cannot be mighty when there's selfish ambition. God cannot be mighty in our lives when we have a selfish agenda. God cannot be mighty when we are clouded with just everything revolving around us about our needs, about our own things. It gets shaken up. If this mighty God has to come in, we'll start resounding everything that he is resounding in his heart. And today I want us to have that in our mind because we are living in a world today where we can be so self-centered easily. If you have... If you were journeying along with us 2018, 2019, one of the things that we kept telling our church, one of the kept things we kept telling whoever we met was, let's have open doors and longer tables. This mighty God wants to do mighty things in and through us. It requires us to journey along. It requires us to encourage. It requires us to stand along with others. It all happens only when we are humble. It all happens only when we are able to have that heart which God has for his people. Even as we close, I just want to read one passage and close. It goes on to say in 1 Peter 4, verse 7 to 11, The end and culmination of all things is near. Therefore, be sound-minded and self-controlled for the purpose of prayer, staying balanced and focused on things of God so that your communication will be clear, reasonable, specific, and pleasing to Him. Above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another because love covers a multitude of sin. It overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best of others. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Just as each of you has received a special gift, a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God, employ it in serving one another as is appropriate for good stewards of God's multifaceted grace, faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. Whoever speaks to the congregation is to do as one who speaks the oracles, utterances, the very words of God. Whoever serves the congregation is to do as the one who serves by the strength which God abundantly supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified, honored and magnified through Jesus, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Church, if we want to see this mighty God present in 2022, we need to walk in all humility. We need to serve each other without any agenda. We need to serve so that God alone will be, you know, seen in and through us. You know, it says here, you know, love covers a multitude of sin. It overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best of others. Today, when we start doing things like that is when mighty God is seen in and through us. It's We are not here to take ground, as I mentioned earlier. We are here to see people's lives changed. I love what it says in verse 9 in the NLT actually. It says, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Today, there's a lot of people who are hurting outside. There's a lot of people who have written out there is a God. There's a lot of people who are lacking peace. There's a lot of people who have, you know, who are literally shattered and broken within. They can all find restoration in the conversations that we have, in the person that we introduce them to. And that God is a mighty God. When God comes in, 
situations change and that happens only because of his might only because of his power when situations change we literally are impacting generations future generations we're just not impacting them right now which happens but the bigger picture is that future generations are changed for his glory so church even as we close today i want to encourage you can you call on this god can you call on jesus and tell him god you are mighty and i worship you and as we saw that we'll put on the full armor of god we won't go unprepared we'll go fully prepared every day we'll step out every day we wake up we'll put on this full armor so that we won't live lives of discontentment but we we'll live lives of contentment we won't live lives which you know thinks of others as inferior but we'll think of others as equally as god created them be we'll have this desire and burden to share what god's done in and through our lives so that we'll be able to see lives transformed around us and as we do all that we'll be also able to you know do life based on his revealed will which is right here the word of god that we'll make a commitment deeper commitment to lean in to read his word to draw closer to him and that we'll be able to walk in all humility so that we'll find strength and we'll be able to testify of his mighty works in and through our lives so church i would like to close right now so can i pray with you a loving heavenly father lord we thank you for this time lord i pray lord for everyone who's watching right now for those who are behind lord their screens i pray that lord if they have not seen you as a mighty god i pray that lord you will reveal yourself right now i pray that they'll stop asking the wrong questions lord and they'll start asking the questions that are getting revealed from your word lord those small changes that you're asking them to do that they'll ask those questions how when and why and then be able to follow through with it i pray lord for faith to arise in every baby step that they take i pray that lord we all will be people who put on the full armor so that we'll be able to step out in boldness every day lord jesus we want to give you the glory and honor lord jesus we don't want it for ourselves we want to declare your might we want to declare your power that's changing us lord jesus inside out i pray even right now lord jesus as people make decisions lord jesus to draw closer to you to lord walk in all humility so that you will be able to lead us lord i pray that lord we'll hold on to you like never before i pray we'll see miracles happen lord we'll see testimonies arise lord jesus so that we'll be able to give you the glory and honor i pray that you'll bless the food and water of every home i pray that lord you'll be with everyone in their going out and coming in i pray especially lord even as they step into this week it'll be one which is ordained lord jesus i pray that they'll step in equipped strengthened in you lord jesus i pray that they'll be able to take ground they'll be able to enjoy and see the smaller victories lord jesus happen in and through their lives we give you the glory and honor and praise May you be glorified and honored in your most holy name. We pray, Amen, Amen. So, church, even as you step out this week, step out knowing that we serve, we worship a mighty God. So, let's make a commitment to walk in all humility, and let's also make a commitment that we'll accept His revealed will. We'll consciously make an effort to obey, so that we'll see Him to see His mighty hand work in and through our lives. I pray that you have a blessed week. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion, 
and to connect with us, go to weazion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.